1: Okay, and that is exactly what we're talking about today because uh, if any of you follow or saw my posts, today our topic is going to be how to get your buyer's offers accepted in a seller's market. So um, thank you to all of you who have your cameras on. If you are on my calls regularly, regularly, you know how much I appreciate that. Um, So thank you very much. Um, So I have a special guest with me today. So um, how many of you, first of all, by either raising your hand, physically, or putting it in the chat, or doing the emoji, whatever you want to do, how many of you are working with buyers right now? OK. See a lot. OK. And of you that are working with buyers, how many of you have been working with buyers for maybe a few months and you've been writing multiple offers and you're just kind of like wanting different ways and different ideas of how to get your buyers in contract? OK. Well, that's good that you're here because that is what we're talking about today. So I am going to have a conversation with Gabriel Ogine. Let me introduce him real quick. Gabriel has been a phenomenal support to my business over the last few months. Um, he and I started working together um, in a coach consultant capacity, and he has brought some new ideas and some new strategies to me that have actually really helped. And I'm going to tell you, using some of the things that we have talked about, I just had the biggest success. I had a buyer that I had put in, that I had been working with for less than seven days. Less than seven days. And I got them in contract after only writing two other offers. So, on the third try in less than a week, I got them in contract using some of the techniques and strategies that Gabriel has talked to me about. And just so you guys know, I'm in the Seattle market. Seattle is a really, really, just like everywhere else, I'm sure, is a super, super competitive market. So, to be able to get somebody in contract in less than a week was just like, oh my God, it actually worked. So, was really, really exciting. And so I wanted to kind of share some of this knowledge or some of his knowledge with all of you. So hi, Gabriel.
0: Hey, what's going on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not much. Thank you for, um, thanks for coming today. Um, of can course. you just, can you kind of introduce yourself? Cause I don't know if everybody knows you. Some people do, but I'd love for them to know you.
0: Yeah. Um, most people don't. I'm a pretty much pretty low key person. I, so I basically got started in real estate as my first career and job as a young 22 year old in in 2002 uh in from my second year forward i started training people you know like for being in the business two years that's pretty early but my broker at that time he had like 300 agents he was busy and he saw me engaging with people and trying to help and this and that he's like hey can you just like let everybody know you're the guy to help and it was super simple stuff it was like The main thing was every morning I led a role play and script practice at 7 a.m. at the office. And there was like 40 people there. Imagine this 22-year-old kid leading script practice, which everybody's like, okay, cool. We can go practice. But that turned into a lot of people coming back like, hey, I did what you said and I'm getting leads. What do I do now? Right? And I go, okay, we'll do this. Hey, I got the lead. I got the appointment. What do I do now? And basically it just turned into coaching. Seven years later, I went to coach for Mike Ferry organization in vegas uh, i went independent for a little while i coached for a school like um, called uh, key realty in las vegas pretty big guy teddy federwitz and uh, then I, that was independently then i went to coach for tom ferry mike's son which was an awesome experience coaching with some of the best people uh, in the industry there you know you really learn learn a lot interacting directly with people like mike and tom um, and then since then, I've just been independent. Just my passion for helping people to understand the strategies more than knowing the strategies. Because really, there's nothing we're going to talk about that you've probably not heard of. I think it's the importance of of understanding, like, how important it is to apply the strategy that you're talking about. You know, so that's pretty much it. You know, I, I met Linnea through... Um, street tech uh, I think so right that through street text and it's been a great relationship ever since I pretty much do just one-on-one consulting um with with private clients and that's pretty much it that's my that's my story
1: all right I like it um so so I need a little audience participation here. I mean, I can tell you what some of my struggles have been with working with buyers right now, but I would love to hear from everyone else. Like, what do you want to know the most? I mean, what are your biggest challenges? Is it simply that you're writing a lot of offers and they're not getting accepted and you don't know what to do? Or are there other, some other challenges out there? Like, how can we help, how can we help you today with this particular topic? Feel free to just come off mute or put it in the chat.
2: Obviously the, the one strategy or the one problem is um or struggle is getting um offers, you know, um winning the bids, right? But I think that's an obvious one. But the other one I think too is maybe more psychological in our own heads now that um you know it used to be the big thing that your buyer's fee was paid by the seller, and now a lot of sellers are choosing to either not pay that or so we're really having to come back to our buyers or or sell ourselves differently in the buyer conversation up front, the buyer presentation up front. And I think that it's definitely doable. I mean, it, it definitely is doable. I think it's more of a mind shift in our own mind um, and being confident when we're having that conversation. So Gabriel, what are, what are your thoughts in that regard?
0: I have three thoughts based on what you just said. Um, number one, everybody's really caught up in getting their offer accepted, right? That's the first thing you think about. You want to get it written up, you do a great job, you submit it, and you want to get it accepted. That's where, that's that's actually one of the things I really wanted to bring up, so perfect. The first thing to to be concerned with is not to get the offer accepted. And Linnea can absolutely be a, a testimonial to this. The first thing is building the relationship with the other agent, Okay that is one of the most important things like calling the listing agent ahead of time and just don't, you know, you don't have to pressure them and say, Hey, you know, what's your highest offer and how do I get this offer accepted? Like just literally have a conversation with them and, 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 you know, let them know that you're a a good person. You got a good client. and you just want to get to know them a little bit before you do business with them. Um, in that conversation, you're going to ask you know obvious questions that you need answers to before submitting an offer. So the main thing is um, building that relationship and I want to say something extra to that. something for all of you guys to always practice forever is always have good relationships with agents in your marketplace. you know no matter how they treat you, you want to treat them respectfully treat them good, have good relationships with agents, even the ones you're not doing business with. Uh, you know, one of my favorite ways to do that is when I'm out showing property and I bump into other agents, guess what? I'm, t- I'm chatting it up with them. I'm like, I, I, I walk through with the buyer real quick, but then the buyer wants to go do their own thing for a minute. And I'm over on the side, chatting it up with the buyer's agents, the other agents, you get to meet so many great agents. And let me tell you, Linnea, what do you, what, Tell me in, in briefly, like, in the last, let's say, three offers you've gotten accepted, how many do you think were related to having a good conversation or relationship with the agent? Three of them. Yeah. <laughs> three. yeah that's, mm-hmm. Look, it's not a new thing, and it's not a secret. I've been doing, I, you know, I started an O2, and that's always been a thing. It's always been a thing where... As long as you have competitive offers, like they're good offers for the client, the selling agent, the listing agent, and the buyer's agent, with the good relationship, they want to work together. And it's not because they're your friend or they want to put you in front of the line. It's because when you know somebody and you trust them, and you're like, oh, it, oh yeah, I know them. They their deals closed for sure. They have they have solid buyers. You know that goes a long way. So definitely um, calling the listing agent. And the other two things real quick is mindset. Okay. Going into an, a, a situation thinking that you're, you're not going to get um, accepted and that you don't stand a chance. You know, that's one of the biggest things, in my opinion, is your mindset is just you, whatever you have to do to um, improve the mindset around it, do it like starting now.
1: Melissa, you also had a question in there that I heard that was about um, how to sell yourself to your buyer, right? Like how to, how to prove your value to your buyer. Like, because some markets right now, I mean, it's not as prevalent here yet, knock on wood, but um, it's, it, it's some markets, like sellers are just not paying commission anymore. So you now have to pay, have a whole new layer to your buyer consult, right? Your consult is no longer, let's tell me about your goals
2: and dreams. Let's talk about how you're going to pay me. Right, like (laughs) well, that's exactly it. Because our market is so competitive here, that because it's so competitive, Open Door and a lot of these other um, um, they've come in because um, because we have such a strong market, and so we've recently um, in the last six to nine months had to really um, shift in terms of you know that was always part of the selling you know, thing is that, oh, and you don't even pay for me, the seller pays for my, my fee. So I'm working, you know, type of thing. And now it's not that conversation, you have to be prepared that, and say, you know, in there that, you know, um, you may have to pay my fee or part of it or whatever. But I think if we're confident about it, and if we have that, you know, shift, and, and, you know, you, I mean, you pay for your dentist, you pay for your doctor, I mean, you know, it's, So it's really our shift in our mind um, to make sure that we're, they wouldn't even, you won't miss a beat when you shift it in your own head.
1: I kind of look at it like this, right? When you're going to a listing appointment, right? You're going to go and you're going to help a seller. There is not a question in your mind. You're having a conversation about how you're getting paid. Not a question in your mind, right? Because you've done everything that you can up until that point to show them your value. You have, you know, you've gone through pricing, I mean, you've done everything that you can to show them why you need to get paid what you're getting paid. The buyer presentation is exactly the same. It always should have been that way before, like sellers stop paying commission because really it shouldn't be a selling point that you're free. That your service is free like that's not really a selling point that's really not making you stand out and above beyond anybody else so Mm -hmm. i firmly believe that you should have a buyer's presentation that's just as comprehensive as your listing presentation and part of that buyer presentation and consultation should be Hey, guess what? This is how I get paid. I and this is this is my exact script that I say to every single buyer so there is never a question in my mind except for one. I did I did not say it one time and it screwed me. So don't don't follow that example. Always do it. That's <laughs> my advice. Always do it. But my 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 script is just like this. Hey, just so you know, you know, I go through the whole presentation, it talks about goals and dreams and everything they're going to get. And I end it with Just so you know, you know, I have a super vested interest in making sure that you get exactly what you're looking for, for multiple reasons. A, I always want to make sure that you're happy. That's my number one goal, because what's going to happen is if you're happy, you're going to tell your friends and family about me. So that's also something that's super important to me. But beyond that, I mean, I don't actually get paid until you get the keys in your hand. And this is how that compensation works. And so that's what I tell people. And that happens every single time. And then once I say, once we agree to this, then I'm going to have you sign an agreement to work with me. That agreement is going to last for six months. And what you're going to get is everything that I told you plus so many surprises. And so that's kind of like how that conversation works. So does that kind of answer that a little bit, Melissa? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gabriel, you have thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, in cities like LA and New York, I I worked in downtown LA for several years. That's normal, you know, to charge buyer or even lease um, clients to charge them, right? But what I what I want to say is, absolutely, you want to learn how to negotiate um, your fees. Like Linnea says, you definitely want to do a consultation. That's one of the things that I uh, coach people on from the beginning. It's like. Every single person gets a consultation, just like if it was a listing agreement. And yep, you talk about commission, and you say basically, I mean, it's it's uh, simplified. You say I'm going to ask the seller to seller to pay. If they don't want to, this is what you're going to pay. Or if they don't want to pay the full amount of my fee, this is going to be the difference that you pay at closing. Is that okay? Right now. How do you do that? That's followed by an awesome presentation that you need to know, like the back of your hand, you need to practice your presentation, you need to have uh, a presentation slides to back it up. It doesn't have to be an hour long, it could be pretty brief, uh, but it needs to show like an introduction to you, your story, why you do real estate. Um, what's your passion about real estate. Cause you know, you could be in real estate and have different passions, you know, different reasons why you're doing it. You want to talk about uh, maybe like charities, you contribute every closing, Mr. Buyer, I contribute this much to this uh, organization that, you know, this is why, because I have this relationship with them or whatever. Um, You want to talk about all the, you want to break down all the benefits that you bring to the table like negotiating, like um, like writing a contract that people take that for granted. If you're a buyer and you've never looked at a contract, that is a very intimidating document to fill out. You need to show them, hey, look, I'm going to help you fill this out so that it wins the offer, so that it puts you with your best foot forward, right? So. Put all of that together as many, you want to break down as many benefits as possible. And then at the end, talk about your fee, where it comes from and um, their participation and always, always, always get the buyer broker agreement signed.
1: Yeah. Take it from me. Lesson learned. I was working with someone for six months, sent them to my lender, got their credit repaired, everything. Did not even, I don't know what happened. I just didn't do the buyer agreement. He was upset because he didn't get into the first con, he didn't get into a contract on the first house, went and found another agent. So there you go. That's where you get a buyer's agreement signed. That was horrible. It's like six months. Ah! Anyway, the, yeah, that won't happen again. Uh, okay. Emily has a question.
3: Hey, so a challenge that I have that I'm not a fan of in this market is that, um, Listing agents are now expecting and people are waiving everything, which really exposes the buyer. And I really don't think that's in the best interest of the buyer, you know, Um, waiving inspections, appraisal, loan contingencies. And so is there even a workaround? How do you how do you.
1: I have a few thoughts.
3: Yeah. How, How would you position an offer when, you know, they're like, well, we've got all these offers and we're looking at yours. But all these
1: other guys have waived everything.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Where do
1: you go from there? So I kind of look at it and, you know, Gabriel might have a different thought on this, but I kind of look at it as I have two jobs. Okay. My first job is to protect my buyer and make sure I look out for their best interest. My second job is to make sure I get my buyer into contract. That's the second job. If at one point that second job or that first job like overshadows the other and I can't do the, cause the job is actually the combined, it's the two of them, right? If if at one point something is overpowering and I can't get them into contract, I have to flex on something just like my buyers have to flex on something. So if that means that I have to say to my buyer, Emily, I know that this is going to be a very risky offer, but I'm going to tell you right now, based on my conversation with the listing agent, this is what I have learned what other offers look like. Do you want to compete with that? And ask the buyer, because Honestly, I, 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 yes, it is your job. You have to protect your buyer, but it's not your job to decide for your buyer. So you have to ask them, like, do you want to compete? This is the risk of competing, protect yourself, put it in writing, put it in a video, do whatever you have to, but that's kind of my thought on that. Like present, you have to present your, your, the offer to your buyer, as much as you have to present your buyer's offer to the seller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. Would you say the first thing? I'm sorry, Linnea. What was the first thing? I got the contract. What was the other thing? The other part of my job? Yeah, the first part. Oh, you have to present your um, offer to the buyer as much as you have to present your buyer's offer to the seller. Oh, okay, okay.
0: Absolutely. I would say the only thing I would add to that is, which I totally agree, it's protecting the buyer and getting them a house. That's why they hired you. That's why they're going to pay you the commission they're going to pay you. Because like in this market, this is the kind of market where a great agent matters, okay? For so many years, you can have a license and not know what you're doing and close a few deals a year. And that's not the standard. People get so comfortable doing what works in an easy market. This is not an easy market. So contingencies, inspections, this, that, and the other, nobody says you have to do that. And nobody says that you can't do that that's just what has happened over the last few decades and it felt normal for a while for a long time but it's not okay so on top of that just you got to remember you got to remember this you're competing against other people to stand around and say well you know what people are just waving everything and making their offer great like that what is it what are you really doing you're just being the bratty kid on the side of the playground that that's not fair. They're not letting me on the slide. Like, bro, get up the stairs, push some people out of the way and go down the slide, right? Learn what makes the offer best. Like, don't mess around. That's what I'm saying. Don't mess around writing up these traditional offers, thinking they're even going to get looked at because they're not. A yeah, but people time, can't
3: afford to, a lot of the times, waive a loan contingency or an appraisal contingency.
0: Maybe because... they shouldn't buy a house right now.
1: And that's that's the bottom of the the bottom truth. And this is the market right now. the market right now is telling us that buyers have to do these things. So part of what you part of what you you, our job as agents is to educate our buyers on the market and ask them, how comfortable are you buying in this market right now?
3: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, it's a it's a tough place to be in. But I think like that's that's really what sets As as a good agent, that's what sets you apart from you know just trying to like your time is valuable. Like your time is valuable. Like trying to like run around and write offer after offer after offer after offer after after offer, and your buyer's not willing to flex and play the market. I mean, that's that's a hard decision I had to learn,
0: Gabriel. Guys, look, think think of it this way. I'm going to put it in an analogy. Hopefully, you guys get it. If if you ever watch Daytona racing, it's the car racing where they just go in circles. Right? Like 50 cars, they're just going in circles. And these cars go 200 miles an hour for five hours, right? They change tires, boom, they're back at it. Now, what if I said, Linnea, go in there? You can do this. Take your Honda and go in that race. You can do it. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to be going 130 miles an hour. Everybody's going 200 miles an hour. Your tires are going to burn up. That's what's happening with your buyers. And if your buyer cannot, Buy right now, it's almost like a, a, a like a disservice to tell them they can, right? Like, yeah, we can, hey, yes, we will get you closing costs. Like, no, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Well, we want to offer a little bit above asking. Well, it's not gonna happen. Okay. Now, with that said, first of all, I always assume there's an above-asking offer in all cash with no contingencies. That's what I assume walking into the transaction from the get-go. Do you throw your, your buyers under the bus? No, like you strategically plan it out. That's why you wanna call the listing agent up front, get to know the details. Sometimes after that conversation, you'll know if you stand a chance or not. Like you'll have an idea whether you should move forward or not writing that offer. And you can save yourself a ton of time, energy effort, and save the buyers that, you know, losing hope over getting rejected so much.
1: Yeah. So the last offer, Emily, that I got in contract, it was literally, I I, I called the agent. And this is like maybe, like, maybe this is something you could try is if you already know what your buyers are capable or not capable or can or can't do, have that conversation with the agent up front and be like, look. You know, I've got these amazing buyers. Um, you know, we're in this t- t- tough financial situation. Tell the story of the buyer if you have to. I mean, I have some buyers like that right now. They have four kids. They they literally don't want to waive everything. And I was like, well, like we have to figure out what you guys are willing to do if you want to play in this market. And so now they're, they're waiting. That's what I told them. I said, you guys have to, this is what the market looks like. You have to decide for yourself, right? But you know, the last offer, it was literally just a, a call to the agent. And I said, okay, look, here's my situation. Here's my buyer's situation. How can we get to a how can we get to a deal? And because I called her and she could just tell from talking to me, like her, her response to me was, well, it sounds like you know exactly what you're doing because I had come to her with, the, I prepared my call with her. I said, you know, I, I was like, I went and called all the agents. We had pending comps. There wasn't really many sold comps, no active comps, of course, but a bunch of pending comps. So I called all the agents and I was like, what are you pending at? What are you pending at? What are you pending at? What are you pending at to get an idea of what the value was going to be when I came back for an appraisal. So when I told her, Hey, this is what I want to come in with for a price. We're going to come in with this much and.'" cash. Cash over appraised price, but I don't think we're actually gonna have an appraisal issue because this is what I found when talking to these agents. And that right there showed her that I'm a competent agent, that I know my market, that I know what I'm doing. And it was much easier to get the conversation or to get that client in contract. They actually took it off the market early for my client. So I think that like knowing what your client's capable of and being able to present that to the other agent up front rather than trying to like play the game and try to be one of the multiple, you know, 5,000 offers that are just kind of like hiding in the bottom, try to get mm-hmm. in front of it. Yeah.
3: I, yep. I always start. Um, yeah. I always start with a conversation from the agent and learning what the needs are of the seller. Are they looking to move fast? Do they need rent backs? Are they, you know, just getting their picture so we can exactly. um, try to meet the seller's needs um, that way. But I think, I think the, the answer is, is if someone says that their price point is a million, really for them to be able to play in the game, they have to be looking in at 800000 so that they can come in over asking and waive everything because they have the cushion to do so. But looking in their price point is just never going to get them. They're just playing in the Not wrong. Today. Not right. today. Not
0: today. Right, right, and
3: right. And
0: that's, that's an important thing to note. Like for, for those of you that are going to be in real estate for a long time, remember like Today's market is not next year's market and people who get stuck, stay stuck and they will never get ahead. You have to clear your mental slate almost like every quarter and go, okay, what's, this is why it's important to be on those market trend, um, you know, webinars. Like my favorite is KCM keeping current matters. They are the best at, at easily, uh, explaining what's happening in the market. And I, it's more important than ever right now to be on calls like that, where you're understanding what's happening today. That's how you get offers accepted. Okay. So it's doing what it takes is what it comes down to safely. Like Linnea said, protecting the client, uh, getting them the house safely. Okay.
1: Um, okay, so we have one more uh, question because we have three minutes left. So this is a great thing. So I'm going to talk to Gabriel um, offline, but I'm going to see if maybe we can do a part two to this because I feel like this, probably, this is a really good topic
0: and there's more I have nine more points I wanted to go over. <laughs> <laughs> nine more points? Yeah. Oh, shoot. But, no, no, let's, let's wrap it up though.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Um, Rochelle, did you have a question? Somebody asked, what should we ask agents? Oh, what question Go ahead.
3: Yeah. I have a question. Oh, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, so um, what, what can you say that, um, let's say we, we do everything right, we do everything right for the, for the buyers um, when we make an offer, but what are your tips that we can add to make it more special or make it more out of the ordinary? You know, our okay. letters still, our letters still leave.
0: Yes. Let me, let me answer your question. This, this is Thank perfect. You. So, if you guys, um, first of all, call the agent, right? Have the relationship, like I said. I'm going to fly through a few of these that I wanted to go deep into, but then maybe, like Linnea said, we could do another. Are
1: call we okay the agent to say like five minutes over? Is that okay, Lisa? I'm maybe five minutes. Okay.
0: Cool. I'm good too. So, um, You definitely want to uh, do a letter, right? Or a video. And you could put a, a, a QR code on the letter to the video, right? Or you can somehow get the buyer's video to the seller as a love letter. So yes, those are still very, very effective. Just stay away from politics and anything that's a protected class, you know, because that can make them be afraid. Like, oh, I'm a single mom and my kid has a disability. And like, that sounds amazing, but they'll go, ooh, like that's a scary one because if we don't accept it, they can totally sue us. Um, Always include an offer checklist. Always let them know why, um, what they're looking at and why it's important, right? So like the checklist should say, here's my uh, love letter or explanation. Somebody said they're not allowed in the state. You know you can figure out a way to get it done the goal is to just let the sellers know a little bit about the buyers Um, you definitely want to if possible deliver your offer in person that's super old school that's like how we used to do it way back in the day it's like you got together you talked about it nowadays uh listing agents don't really want to do that but if you can call them first and build the relationship and go hey I was thinking, can I, you know, during the open house, can I uh, stay a little longer and present my offer? Or can we get on a Zoom call so I can go over my offer with you guys so you understand the the details of our terms and conditions, right? So when you throw out a phrase like that, like, I want to explain the details of our terms and conditions. Even the listing agents like, oh, maybe I really should let this person, um, you know,
1: Okay, and to that point, real quick, just because you all know I'm all about video. So if you cannot uh-huh. do that and you cannot get the listening agent to do a Zoom, guess what? We have the power of BombBomb. Bomb. We have the power of screen record. We have the power of video text. And you can do all of that face-to-face from
0: your phone. So if yeah. you can't get face-to-face, do it with the video. Sorry. Yeah. And really I, mean, I've got, <laughs> I, I know some agents, you know, they the NAR doesn't allow it and all this stuff. I said, look, Mr. Buyer what I want you to do is go to your Facebook and I want you to put your video on your Facebook public. Okay. And I'm when the buy, when the sellers know your name, I'm going to tell them to go look you up. I'm going to look, they're very nice people. Why don't you look them up on Facebook and just, you know, see a little bit more about them. Um, so present your offer with the, uh, video, um, larger deposit. Okay. If you keep it safe, you can, Increase the deposit. That's always showing people that you could um, that you're that you're serious. Basically, um, free occupancy. You know, if when you buy the house, you don't have an, a payment for a month or two or whatever the case is, right? So take advantage, leverage that right now. I know normally you want to live in the house for free, but right now use it as leverage and say, hey, look, accept our offer and you could stay there as long as you want until June first, right? That's, I mean, most people will love that living for free while they move out for, you know, a week or two, most people won't drag it out. And of course you can negotiate it. You don't have to accept what they say in, in, in this market, you might have to, but, um, you know, offer it, put it out there, write an escalation clause. I'm sure most of you have done that or heard about that is, you know, basically saying, Hey, this is what we're willing to go up to. This is our offer but here's what we're willing to go up to. uh, if, if you get higher offers, um, bring an inspector to the showing, if you're serious, if you know, you get buyers that call you up and they're like, I love this house. We have to have it. Okay. Invite the inspector to the showing with you. This is going to make you guys feel better about waving contingencies or whatever. Right. So bring them along with you. Um, Have your lender call the listing agent to present the approval. In some cases, if you can get the the lender to put their approval on video, just so you can submit the approval on video with the offer where the lender themselves are going through and explaining, you know, that they they have a solid loan uh, approval. And, um, you know, then of course, when possible, when it's safe, a property inspection waiver. Okay. So when you take your inspector to the showing, you can always uh, waive the inspection. Guys, I think what it comes down to is this. You have to be so versatile right now. You got to be so, you know, able to shift and pivot and move and and think out of the box right now. You, If you are just stuck in your ways, like the people right now saying, oh, NAR doesn't allow a seller uh, to read a letter. It's like, you're. I'm talking to you right now. Like you need to get out of the box. It doesn't have to be a letter, in, you know, and it could be in the terms and conditions in the offer. Like, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, write some points in 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 the in the letter. I mean, it could be in the intent intent to purchase the property. Just little points. Like I said, you don't have to go deep in the details. Stay away from politically, you know, uh, political, religious, uh, protected classes. But in the letter of intent. Um, you can just write a few things, you know. Hey, we really like this house. It's it's close to the work, whatever, right? So, those are a few things we could dive in deep to anything you guys want uh, another time.
1: Wow, those are really good ideas. I really like. I had never thought about bringing the inspector to the showing. Never. That's a really a good step idea.
0: I actually thought you? of
1: bringing a contractor to yeah? a showing. Yeah, because they can. They always go. I wonder how much this would cost. And I said, Do you have a friend that's a contractor? Bring them with you great idea. Yeah. Um, my lender is on the call, but so she's texting me a couple of other strategies regarding the lending side in case this helps anybody. Um, she said, work with the lender on low appraisal scenarios. So before you're even like going out to shop, make sure you're having that conversation with your lender. Like, Hey, what if this comes in low? What are some options that we can do? And like, cause the lender knows the financial situation better than your client, to be honest with you. So they <laughs> they know the financial situation, how to play with that money a little bit. So her suggestion is to work with the lender on low appraisal scenarios and have a game plan if it comes up. The other one that she said is, and Gabriel had said this, is um, call and present the plan. So if uh, if you have like a low appraisal plan, because that's where a lot of people get into trouble is not having that extra money to cover in case of low appraisal, have your lender call the listing agent and present that plan that you came up with. So if there's a low appraisal plan, if there's a low appraisal plan in place, have your lender call uh, ahead of time. so the, So the listing agent is prepared and can explain that to their seller. So that's a really yeah. good idea. And when,
0: when you and the lender, you as a buyer's agent and the lender call the listing agent to explain the terms and conditions, the offer, the approval, you can literally take points from their love letter and drop, sprinkle them into your conversation during that, right? So this isn't a video about a love letter. This is a video explaining their approval. And uh, by the way, they're really nice people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a battle out there. Sorry to interrupt. It's a battle. You got to do what you got to do. Right. Um,
1: so Gabriel, someone's asking, do you offer training on this topic?
0: Absolutely. How does
1: someone get a hold of you?
0: Um, you can go to my website, olgiengabriel.com. You can Google Gabriel again, business coach. You could look me up on Instagram, coach Gabriel again, website's the best easiest. Awesome. I've,
2: I put the link to your free consultation in the chat too earlier. So let's get that.
0: Thank you.
1: Um, so I hope everyone found this really valuable. Awesome interaction. Awesome questions today. Gabriel, you are amazing. I'll check with you uh, one-on-one and uh, see if we can do like maybe a part two, because I do feel like this is super valuable content. Does everyone agree? Yes. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you awesome. very okay. much. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for coming um, again next week, 8.30, same time. I'm sorry, eight o'clock. Ooh, same time. I will see you then. Thank
0: you. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.